A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Kim Krausberg. Yay! <laughs> I think you've had that song before, haven't you? Oh, Kelly Cube Tuesdays is produced in partnership with Wordlift. I do apologize for interrupting. They've been sponsoring, partnering with us for a year and a half now, almost two years. Thank you to them. And the headline sponsor today is SE Ranking, absolutely brilliant SEO tool that I use all the time. They say it's the all-in-one SEO software made simple. So thank you to them for the financial support that keeps this show going. And Kim, welcome to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely delighted. We're going to be talking about better web accessibility. Uh, and before anybody says, oh, that's not interesting, actually it is. We've talked about it before a couple of times. And every time we talk about it, I get a bit over-enthusiastic and over-excited about it. And that's part of your talent, Kim, to get me into your little rabbit hole world. Of oh, it's a rabbit hole too. It is a rabbit hole, and it's not little. It's a massive rabbit hole. Before we do that, my massive rabbit hole, which is brand SERPs, if we show that screen. Here's your brand SERP. There you go. We've got our thumbnail image right up there next to you on Twitter. Uh, so we have impinged upon your brand SERP, which I'm terribly pleased about every time we manage it. And if we go on to the next one, I looked at the images, and the image uh, tabs there with keynote, creative vision, uh, out outerwear, whatever that means, digital marketing conference, and CaliCube Tuesdays up there, Google's associating you with very relevant different topics and uh, entities. How, what do you think about that? Uh, me? That's great. I'm not even doing anything to, to, to you know, promote it <laughs> other than... Yeah. You know. I'm, I'm guessing that your accessibility work is helping with that a great deal because accessibility is really good for SEO. I mean, Google is blind as a robot, and the accessibility work you're doing is certainly helping with that. And that's why I wanted to highlight that because Google's getting a great grip on you, as it were. It sounds a bit creepy, but yeah. Yeah, and, and Twitter's catching on, LinkedIn, um, Microsoft, I just saw a press release. Um, Edge is going to be able to automatically insert um, alt text. Yeah. Um, wow. I have to go back and find that press release. That's brand new. It just came out yesterday. And it's just the Edge browsers. I don't know how they're doing it. I haven't read it yet. But right. when you have all of these major companies just focusing on the alt text, that metadata in an image, that's huge, especially for SEOs. That, that is major. I mean, but it's like a bit like uh, Google rewriting uh, titles for the, for the SERPs. Everyone gets upset. But right. the fact is a lot of companies, a lot of sites don't write titles. So Google are doing it because they need to. And mm -hmm. Microsoft are doing this because we don't provide alt tags. And alt tags is the simplest of all the accessibility tools we have at our disposal. And it's helpful for SEO. So we should be doing it, but we're not. Right. Right. Aren't we rubbish? And I was talking to uh, <laughs> Ravi Yada, who who's working with me, Minas Merchant at Microsoft on Bing's um, analysis of images. Mm. And they tell me that they are incredibly good at recognizing what is in images. So it actually doesn't surprise me that they're going down that route. But yeah. Google aren't for the moment. Yeah, it, the only thing that I would mention with the auto alt text is don't rely on anything automatic. 
because not only could they not get it precisely correct, but many images are there for a specific purpose. And you might want to enhance that. Um, mm. You know, why is this particular picture there? Do, you know, is it enhancing the content that's nearby? Is it helpful? Does it inspire you to keep on reading? There's all kinds of little things that you can do for the person who's listening to the page. And we don't right. look at it that way. And, and that's kind of at least part of the key is when we look at a page, you think, well, if I couldn't see this page, how would I interact? And if I listen to this page, especially alt tags with the spamming that people did with keywords, mm -hmm. must oh, yeah. be horribly, horribly, horribly frustrating. Right. Yeah. Because Just cleaning up that alone is, is a huge step forward. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're, we're actually living a lot in the world today of cleaning up the spam that we created yesterday, as it were. Right. Um, and the, the image alt tags in particular, it always struck me that it, as the screen reader goes through the text, it hits an image, reads a big long list of keywords, and then carries on with the text. Right. Um, makes for a terrible, terrible user experience. And from that perspective, a lot of companies will be saying, yes, but I get a benefit for SEO, or I perceive a benefit for SEO. Why would I care? Why would they care? Why would they care? Because if you do that enough, they're that particular target market is gone. They're not right. coming back. You've just tortured them half to death. They, they know where to go where they feel welcome. Right. And that is not how we approach our content writing and, and even design. Is that we want, and that was the service to others, is just how do you make people feel welcome, all people, so that they yeah. will come back? Right. And, and as you say, all people. And then kind of the, 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 the hit back to that is saying, well, it's only a small percentage, so I don't need to worry about it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm playing the devil's ad advocate mm -hmm. rather than saying this is what I think. Um, oh, I hear it all not... the time. Really? Right. A small percentage? Do you have? Yeah. And, and we can. Yeah. OK, here we go. Off you go. <laughs> but the, I don't have the numbers, but I think offhand about 20 percent of the entire global population right now has some disability, and but we don't see it, we don't hear it, people don't talk about it, they don't share it, they're afraid to in many cases, and there's a lot of things that get in our way, like color blindness. You don't think of that as... Oh, and dyslexia as well. Right, dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, autism, um, you know, it, we wow. always think, oh, you know, I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. I don't have to worry about those people, but it encompasses so many stress, stress. Try doing anything when you are under stress, your brain reacts to right. that. And if you're using a website or an app or, or something in an emergency, uh, that is, <laughs> thank you. It's Wow. Well, hang on. Just sorry, because this is also audio. One billion people, 15% of the world's population experience some form of disability. Persons with disabilities on average as a group are more likely to experience adverse socioeconomic outcomes than persons without disability. So it's a yeah. massive number of people with a massive, massive disadvantage in today's society and we can help them. But also you're saying here, helping them will also help us because they feel welcome on our websites and that's going to expand our audience. Right. And they will, they know who to refer. Brilliant. Well. And Sorry, the list, just to come back to the list is, uh, I, I was actually really interested because I immediately just thought, oh, 
blind people or people who have real kind of problems with with their eyesight you're also adding in um autism and you're adding in um uh, memory memory all crumbs mm -hmm. and and we're getting a bigger and bigger group of people i mean i had mm -hmm. cataract operations last year and go. i was going plus 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 and i was up to 150 yes. percent and I would be sitting on my own at home with nobody here, being embarrassed that I had to put to 150% to be able to see anything. Mm -hmm. And I, I get that idea is even though I'm on my own, the fact that I hit 150% made me feel embarrassed for myself and I couldn't go to 160. So I mm -hmm. actually started using a, re a screen reader to see what happened, and it's pretty appalling. Yeah, I, I would say most of the time, most of my time, I'm listening to, to apps and websites. I'm I'm hearing a whole different world. But but that um, your point about magnification, there are some websites that will prevent you from doing that, really? and that's actually a violation of the um, WCAG, the Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. That's actually a violation. There's right. Yeah, you're supposed to be able to enhance or magnify a page or the text 200% without the page falling apart, without losing its integrity. Wow. Okay. And there's a lot of legislation around this that either we're not aware of or we're aware of and we think, well, that's not my priority until we get a court case, I would imagine. Yeah, but these are guidelines. Right. So, yeah. So, and that's where people get confused. There's a difference between conformance and compliance. Oh. And Europe, they're more compliance. They, they're on it. So is Canada. Um, mm. they, they do, they're at the point now where they're saying, this is what you have to do for your website or your app or else. You know, the, and they have, I think they're, they have enforcement and they're just on it a lot more than America. Mm which is like, eh, you know, if you're federal or state or education, yes, section 508, you legally have to follow these guidelines. Everybody else, like your mom and pop WordPress website, try to conform to the guidelines as best right. you can. And, and that obviously is going to help you with SEO, with marketing, with usability, with the user user experience if you just get used to using the guidelines and the best practices but there isn't a policeman sitting in the corner going oh you made a mistake i'm going to file a lawsuit that does it doesn't work that way yeah i mean i can see multiple barriers for smaller companies one of which is understanding what you need to do what you're mm -hmm. supposed to do secondly is implementing it in a way that is kind of accessible because most of us a lot of companies have trouble just putting text on a page let alone doing anything more uh, adventurous than that mm -hmm. and thirdly the amount of time i would need to spend to do it is going to be a lot of time for very little business return what are your three arguments there to kind of counter my own education my inability to implement and my fear that i'm going to be spending so much time that i won't be making proper money uh, Okay, first of all, the information is out there for free. Um, right. okay. If you want to be certified, you know, like I am, then you invest in, in taking it up several notches. But the WCAG 2.1 guidelines are all online for free. You just have to know how to read <laughs> and, mm -hmm. 
they have examples of code. I mean, and then there's, um, um, it's called WAIM, W-A-I-M. Um, right. There's different companies and, and um, D-E-Q-A, Q-U, um, ACTS, the, I never pronounced it right, DQ University, whatever. They, there's other websites that take that information that's the WCAG guidelines, which are awful to read, and they simplify it. And they've created right. free checklists. I mean, IBM even has a, a checklist I have somewhere. So the, but, and it's all free. Right. And so you just have to kind of invest that time to, to learn and then. Right. Work. So just, just really quickly to get a simple checklist, what would be the keyword I would search for in Google? Would it be simple checklist for accessibility guidelines, checklist, accessibility, checklist, accessibility right. guidelines. Yeah. There's, um, and also, um, my user is out there.com is where I try to link to okay. every sheet that I can think of. Because, <laughs> you know, I just had so much information that I was gathering when I was st really started to go down the rabbit hole. Mm. Um, but so education and training videos, there's mm -hmm. videos and YouTube videos. And um, every, I mean, and that includes like how to make a PDF accessible. There's so much information on YouTube that you just have to invest your time. And that's an investment. Yeah. So the investment of time, once you've learned how to do it, you're saying there are lots of cheats on the website you mentioned that I can't remember the domain name Yeah, Wave. Yeah. Wave. Uh, Wave. They have a tool, which we don't even want to get into the tool part. That There's a lot of tools that will do things to show you where the errors are, and some will actually show you the code to put in there. That would be the next step. And so, okay, you've got free information, free tools, Free example code, you just have to kind of know where to, that's what I mean by rabbit hole. It was amazing how much information is already there. Mm. And so then my question was, well, why aren't we looking? Why aren't we doing this? It's there. And these are all things that we could be doing now. And, um, but yes, businesses, they don't want to invest because I don't think they understand what accessibility is, oh, what right. inclusion is, and who it's for. And when you get into the software development side and the design side, the UX and the back end, yeah, they have to know more. It does take more training, but these guys are really smart. Like something yeah. like a modal. Right. Which is like that pop-up with, with text inside. Yep. That's invisible. Just to, to people listening to your webpage, those things are, they don't hear them. Right. They're not there. Yep. Oh, so completely, completely out of bounds for, and what about the tabs then? That's the same thing? Or, or would the screen reader read through it? Or does it just read what's visible on screen? It, you, <laughs> it will read what's visible on the screen until you get a designer or a developer to use something called ARIA, which works with HTML. And those are little commands that say, here's the content, here's how to hear it. That's, so right. it's just an extra layer um, of telling the screen readers what's there and right. how to activate a button, 
um, that sort of thing. And Ari has been around for years and years and years. Um, a lot of it is already built in to so, so like WordPress themes. A lot of those right. things are already built into the accessible themes. You have to search for them. Right. Yeah. Because I was, we were discussing just before. I've bought Cadence, which I actually really love, and it's a it's a bonkers theme with gazillions of things you can do. <laughs> but when I ran mm -hmm. it through Lighthouse, it got 100% for accessibility, and I honestly thought, Johnny, good job done. I'm at peace with the world and Kim won't be able to get annoyed with me. But apparently I'm not at peace with the world at all. Nah. Now nah, Lighthouse is about 20, 25%. It'll catch stuff. Um, and it also has to, every time it says update, update. Because the, um, like the WCAG guidelines are updating this summer to 2.2. And they're adding more guidelines for mobile devices, which, you know. Right. We all want to be mobile friendly hmm. and something as simple as like a, t a tap, tap target, touch target, you know, things that right. you hit with your mobile device. They have to be a little bit bigger. Right. And, and uh, is it fair to say, or I mean, this is an idea and I might be totally wrong, but people who have some kind of sight impairment, would they tend to be more on mobile or more on desktop? They... I, my understanding is they're moving to mobile because the assistive tech is there. Right, because um, I was reading The Guardian and there's a thing where it just reads the screen to me all the time, which is right. um, really good when I'm not really paying attention to what I'm doing or I'm driving or whatever, and I can just listen to it. And it, I, I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, and from that perspective, it did seem to me that on mobile it was much easier to get that stuff going. Yeah, they um, imagine how mobile... See, this is the, the beauty of accessibility and thinking outside the box. Um, if you were developing something that somebody takes with them, mm. something like a credit card or a debit card, or they, where they go to the ATM or something like that, you want to make it so that um, everybody can use it, whether they can right. see or not. And oh my goodness, boy, does that ever open up all, all sorts? Like MasterCard came up with a card that has notches in it so that you can tell through, you know, touching it, whether you're holding a debit card or a credit card or whatever. Right. Um, that's huge. So there's so many opportunities just in how we think about people using anything and how it's turning you know we can voice activate our house my mm. whole part, my whole house is networked now but yes accessibility just is used by more and more people and the beauty of it is that we are helping them be more mobile and more independent right now moving away from kind of the idea of, of helping people which is mm. delightful and wonderful <laughs> But we're all kind of selfish, egotistical, and we say, well, what benefit does this bring me as a business? And there are benefits, and that was kind of the title of this uh, discussion. SEO, number one, yeah. we can start with that, and then move on to financial benefits. So SEO, mm -hmm. what are the benefits, really simply put, that I can get relatively quickly by uh, improving the accessibility of my website? Um, shopping cart. Everybody complains about shopping carts. Mm. And if you make each um, step in that process accessible, then obviously your profits are going to go up. If they can't, right. 
you know, if they if somebody using a mobile device and maybe they have assistive tech, here's a good example. If they can only hold the mobile device um, vertically, if they if it prevents them from moving it horizontally, but they right. still want to order something from your website, that's a barrier. They leave. You've just lost that customer. Right. So, I mean, the checkout process, obviously, accessibility will allow people to go through that um, checkout mm -hmm. process. Uh, and coming back a step, we were talking about transcripts and we were talking about this show. Um, and I said, I do transcripts when I can actually get somebody to correct them because I don't really see that doing an automatic transcript and putting it on a page, I find them unreadable personally. And mm -hmm. I hadn't thought beyond that. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I think if I do a transcript, I want to have it corrected so it's actually readable as a piece of text, that, that a readable content. And are you saying that I should just push it out even if it's not perfect? Um, I would. You want perfect if you can, right? Um, you. <laughs> you know, like it's easy to rely on like YouTube and do like the audit yeah. um, automatic, and it will pick up the time. And what was said, mm. you hope. But if you can, <laughs> it, I think it depends a lot on the kind of video. If you are having just a rambling conversation, I, it's, I think, less precise. But if you're yeah. teaching something, if it's a course or if it's educational or how to, you want to make sure that that transcript is perfectly accurate yeah. at every step. Otherwise, you're going to confuse somebody. And you have to remember that just because we can see the words and we might comprehend it, there's people who might not be with memory issues. I mean, we get into the cognitive areas. Mm. Um, we understand things differently from each other. So mm. how, and there's, there's people who are actually experts in this who can tell you, I don't understand that. Um, or maybe the way we've explained something doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. Um, so yeah, transcript, at least get something out there. <laughs> right, no, 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 fine. Where, I, yeah. uh, th this kind of conversation is, for example, if I go to a, uh, an automatic transcript tool such as Descript, mm -hmm. which is the one we use, uh, I find it's actually very accurate. It gets it 95% perhaps. That's good. Um, and it is, it is really good, but what it doesn't do is correct all the stupid repetitions we have and the hesitancy and the ers and the ums. And mm. so you kind of remove some of those, but the, the reading of the text doesn't make sense. And then I look at YouTube and I think it's so rubbish, honestly, the, the subtitles of the, this particular show. I try to do them, but I also try to get the person who's doing it, Christine and Maria, to correct what's written down so that what's written down underneath what I'm saying actually makes sense. Right, right, and it's not easy. Um, no, it's a it's a tough, it, tough, tough job, isn't it? Right, yeah, it is. I the ones that I did that I paid for, I put the transcript in the body of of the video. Um, right. As because is with YouTube, it, it is a search search engine, so you've got that content there. Um, but there's a lot of times where I don't have time to listen or watch, mm. but I'm a speed reader. So if that right. if that's in there in the body, I can like zoom right through and and you know read what I want to read real fast. So we all learn differently. That's the other yeah. thing. 
you know. I mean, my, my, frust- my frustration with videos without transcripts is control F. My immediate reaction is control F. I'm looking for something. Uh, mm-hmm. And on videos, I find that insanely frustrating that I want a particular part of the video and I can't find it. I remember it was in there somewhere and the transcript would allow me to immediately see where it was. So I've just told myself I should be doing the transcript. Whoops. Right. Yeah. Oh, I've just dug my own hole. How, how terrible. <laughs> are you, um, you are not alone. Trust me. I, it's a very common problem. Yeah, I mean, and the subtitles, I mean, looking at YouTube once again, you see what YouTube is doing with this, the subtitles that it's auto-generating, and it's misunderstanding a great deal. If you provide the subtitles that you've corrected, you know that YouTube and then Google, by extension, will understand what's actually in the video. Right. And that's a, a, immediately a big SEO boost. I mean, video is, is the, what would you call it? It's uh, flavor of the month in yes. SEO at the moment. So creating video content, doing the subtitles, creating a transcript, perhaps rewriting the transcript slightly to make it into something more readable, great SEO technique. Yes, yeah. And don't forget to, you know, you can add um, reasons to listen as well within that content. Like I'm always thinking, okay, this is getting really boring. What can I put mm. in here that t- to hold interest? Um, you know, I don't even know. I guess you can't really add to transcripts, but... Uh, my mind begins to get like yours, like, oh, wait, I have another idea. Like I was thinking, okay, if it's something really long, say, okay, if you want to read the whole thing enhanced for screen mm. readers, click this link and go here. Because with screen readers, they have something called the rotor, which goes through the content and helps them figure out where specific, like that's why the H1 tags are helpful. Right. If you Right. So if you put um, like your top keywords or something topical in an H1, H2, usually just one, the the rotor will tell them audio wise where that content is and they can skip. They can move forward. They can go up and down just very quickly. I mean, with the screen reader, it's really fast. Um, so it's like a chapterization. Um, I've got a plugin for WordPress that chapterizes using H1s and H2s and H3s for the the, the jump links. Yes. But kind of that, that idea is immediately incredibly helpful to a screen reader. So the very basic, actually beyond alt tags, even simpler than ad tags, is using your H1s and H2s properly. Oh, yeah. And make sure that they're in the right <laughs> order. Yeah. Oh, in the like, right order. Oh, that's a killer, right. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's because that'll break the the guideline or the, um, but, um, and I know that we've, I've had, you know, t- arguments sometimes, oh, we can't have more than one H1. The, the best practice is one H1 per page. Mm. And it's usually the page title. Everything after that is your, your layered H2, H3, whatever. Um, there's exceptions to the rule, but usually not. Mm. H, H1 is your, you know, your monster. Um, yeah. But yeah, when they mix it up, the H2s and the H3s and the H4s, that, that just confuses the screen reader and the per- person listening as well. Um, sure. Yeah, and I mean, and, yeah, I mean, some people put H twos in the footer and in an aside and in the header, and yeah. that must yeah. presumably yeah. totally confuse it because people use H's as design elements, whereas in fact they're semantic elements. And now I learn screen reader helper elements as well. Yes, um, yeah. and separating design from functionality and semantics is incredibly important. We don't do it enough. Mm-hmm. That's why I spend so much time listening now. 
it just opened up the whole world to me, just listening to what people hear through the audio. <laughs> no, no, yeah, you, no, so what we want to do is get the, the boss who's got the hands on the, on the purse strings and sit them down in a chair and force them to listen to their own website and say, now will you invest? Right, right. Well, what they will, they'll say, well, I'm just going to put a... Um, 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 oh God! It just like you know the automatic fixer thingy that uh, um, overlays. I don't mind no. just my blank, but which are bad. But a lot of companies want to put like some automated fix into mm. their website, and uh, just to point out that that takes away the independence of the person with the disability because they already have their settings. They already know how to make things go. And, mm. and overlays override their settings and immediately remove their independence. And that's discrimination, which is why I'm like, no overlays. Right. Okay, so that was an absolutely brilliant discussion. I've learned absolutely <laughs> boatloads. And at the end of the day, you have to do it, and you have to do it properly. And quick fixes like overlays aren't an option because they don't actually help the people who need the help. Right. Thank you so much, Kim. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, delightful. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, now we're going to pass on to next week. And next week, we've got Limor coming on to speak about how to beat keyword cannibalization. Uh, she's from SimilarWeb. That's sponsored by Digital Olympus and WordLift. That's going to be absolutely brilliant. Uh, I know Limor knows her stuff, and I know a few people from SimilarWeb. And it's astonishing, interesting. They've got boatloads of data, and I'm really looking forward. Please, Kim, could you pass the baton? I, I, you know, there we go. Nope. So <laughs> that way. Yay. No, we have to practice this. Anyway, I'm passing the baton to Limor. Have a lot of fun. Brilliant. Wonderful. Thank you so, so much, Kim. That was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, everyone. Happy birthday to Anton. And we'll see you next week for next week's show. Um, I'm off to Brighton SEO for a few days and I'm going to give you the song because it's my bad memory day today. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Kim.